This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is me, Hani Balqis, with Omnia Saleh, giving you everything you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, today is a beautiful Wednesday afternoon right here in Pulse 95, and I hope everyone is having a wonderful day as well, as I know I am having a wonderful, wonderful day. But ladies and gentlemen, today we're talking all about the UAE and how the first Emirati woman doctor is going to perform robotic surgery at a government-run hospital right here in Sharjah. Yes, indeed. This is such a great achievement, and we cannot wait to give you all the details about it just a bit. Coming up on today's show as well, we're talking about the rise of the robots right here in the UAE. From fire, from fighting fires to performing surgery, we're talking about the different types of robots that have been implemented right here in the different Emirates to help us do our job a lot more seamlessly. Yes, and Google is making Google Earth Engine Imaging public as it does prepare to unveil the carbon footprint tool. Now, for the longest time, Google Earth has always been around, but its code has never been put public. But now, Google has a change in plans. Yes, indeed. In the world of weird tech, we're talking about very important news when it comes to the healthcare sector because sadly there has been fall, false cancer treatment ads all around Facebook and they have been causing a lot of people to spend thousands and thousands of dollars in hopes that this would be the magic treatment. What do these posts look like? What should we keep an eye out on? And how can we go ahead and combat such spam ads? Lots and Lots is in store right here on today's show. So keep Pulse 95 locked and we'll be right back. Yes, and ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave you with the song Love Runs Out by the one and only One Republic. Daily Digital News. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and all around the world. Today we're talking all about innovation in the Emirate of Sharjah. And I'm quite excited to talk about it because not every day do we talk about women in tech and more specifically women in tech right here in the Emirate. We're talking all about gynecologist Muna Kishawi who has become the first female Emirati doctor to perform robotic surgery at a government-run hospital right here in Sharjah. Dr. Kishawi actually works at Al-Qasimi Women's and Children's Hospital in Sharjah and she typically performs minimally invasive surgeries to carry out total and supracervical hysterectomies and to also treat different uterine prolapse as well as fibroids so this is definitely a phenomenal achievement because we've talked on the show all about the importance of robotic surgery and how they have been life-changing in the world of medicine not only do they give patients faster recovery time the incision is actually super super small in comparison to if a doctor were to not use robotic surgery and this is just a bit of the many benefits that robotic surgeries have been giving to patients as well as doctors yes now a quick uh, you know uh, history check background check uh, with dr mona she actually graduated from the queen mary university of london back in 2005 and in 2019 she did take part in a course to receive training to use the da vinci surgical system which does allow surgeons to perform complex invasive surgical procedures with precision and uh, accuracy now just last month she did receive her license to carry out that robotic surgery now we do know that robotic surgery is used extensively at private and even government hospitals all around the uae and actually the first procedure was carried out in 2014 at the qasimi hospital right here in Sharjah, 
where robots were used for catheterization and cardiac surgeries as well. Now, fast forward to 2018, the Ministry of Health and Prevention, or better known as MOHAP, provided the hospital with a new robotic device to conduct more such complicated surgeries. And then in April 2019, the ministry also launched the Robotic Surgeries Program in Gynecology and Obstetrics. So again, we are looking at how the UAE is just, you know, expanding and improving and, you know, innovating more when it comes to tech in the medical industry. And even the Ministry of Health and Prevention is giving these hospitals all the equipments they need so they can carry out these robotic and complicated surgeries. Yes, indeed. And not only are they very beneficial for parents, for parents, for patients, but they also come in great benefits for doctors and surgeons as well because they give them a much more, uh, we can say, precise eye while they're performing their surgery because their technique using robotics does require them to have extremely fine control and greater flexibility, which is monumental when we're talking about performing a surgery and making sure that the patient is in the least amount of pain possible. Now, a lot of diseases and disorders like appendicitis, many types of cancer, kidney disease, as well as uterine fibroids can all be treated by using robotic surgery. And one plus that a lot of people actually not necessarily taken to mind when we talk about robotic surgery is it also allows doctors from any part around the world to be able to do your surgery for you and so let's say god forbid honey you want to do um i don't know some lasik let's say but you want a specific doctor that is well and renowned and he lives probably in the uk you want him to do your surgery well through robotics, he may be able to do so because they can be controlled remotely. There will always be a backup doctor on in on hand, you know, in the surgery room, in the operating room, just in case, God forbid, something goes wrong. However, they'll still be able to give you the best treatment and the best care possible, even if they are miles and miles away. Yes, miles and miles away is right, Omnia. And ladies and gentlemen, 4215, let us know your guys' thoughts. And again, uh, hats off to Sharjah and to Dr. Muna for always trying to keep us safe and be up to date and even in the future when it does come to these types of technologies. Ladies and gentlemen, we are taking a short break. And when we come back, we got more Sharjah news in tech for you. But we're going to leave you with the rise and fall by Craig David. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Ladies and gentlemen, the rise and fall, and we're talking about from fighting fires to performing surgeries and the rise of robots right here in the UAE, and to be more specific, in the Emirate of Sharjah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we have been talking about how robots have been changing our lives day in and day out because, well, this is future talk. Now, if it's not happening in the world, it's happening right here in Sharjah. Now, we're talking about today how robots are making a splash in the UAE. And they're not out there for world domination, of course. They are, you know, here to brew coffees, busting crimes, delivering food, and even dousing fires from burning buildings. And even game to get down and groove, as we have seen robots <laughs> that dance as well. Now, this means that machines are always going to be near you, and in the near future, we will be seeing these robots that will serve and protect. Yes, indeed. Let's start off by talking about 
one good-looking Emirati receptionist robot. Yes, you've heard it right. There are robots who work as Emirati receptionists right here in the different Emirates. Now, it's quite easy to mistaken this robot for just another regular robot. But Caesar the robot has a lot more to offer to different users. First off, it is actually six feet tall. It has a very sturdy physique and he is constantly wearing his white kandora and his headdress, which basically showcases him just like the fellow Emiratis. He looks like a, just another human, but he is actually a robot. He can hold a conversation quite well. He can respond to all your questions and even can sometimes get angry or upset, which is quite astonishing because a lot of people do not expect robots to have such emotions. Yeah. But he is the first UAE-made humanoid robot that is ready for commercial use. And the advantage we can say for many humanoid bo bots is just like the name suggests, they are quite similar to humans when it comes to showcasing facial expressions, as well as carrying out a conversation and being able to adjust its tone to fit the questions that we have in mind. Yes, and again, we are looking at how, you know, the UAE has been very prominent on making, uh, you know, a, a move and making their place when it does come to robots. Omni and I, back in 2019, we did go to the very well-known Jitex, and uh, it's an event that happens right here in the UAE every single year, and we even met a lot of robots. Now, when it does come to robots that served, we did see some in retail outlets right here in the UAE. And uh, again, we looked at even some in Sharjah's Butlena area, how... Um, Google Hypermarket did have also a robot there as well. And when it comes to serve or protecting, uh, you know, us right here in the, in the UAE, we have seen Robocops and even firefighting robots. And in May in 2017, we did look at the world's first operational robot policeman from Dubai Police, who officially did join the line of duty and greet guests at the opening of the fourth Gulf Information Security Expo and Conference, which is better known as JISEC. Now, the autonomous Robocop does stand at around 170 centimeters tall and weighs around 100 kilograms. And I have personally used it to try it out, test it out a little bit. It was pretty cool, pretty fun. <laughs> and then, obviously, when the COVID-19 pandemic did hit and a lot of children were affected, uh, you know, uh, by COVID-19 had to be isolated, uh, a little small robot came into play. And we did look at how various government sectors in the UAE use this offer to give a, you know, seamless customer experience. And the Federal Authority for Identity and Citizenship, formerly known as Emirates Identity Authority, did launch the robot Hamid to serve customers in its happiness centers all over the country. And that robot actually uh, did provide many services. And that was like receiving ID renewal applications, identify identifying ID cards and statuses, and even updating personal information of those customers. Yes, indeed. But once again, we're talking all about robots also working as surgeons. We've seen the Ministry of Health and Prevention go ahead and launch the first robot to actually go ahead and conduct catheterization as well as cardiac surgery. This has been taking place ever since the year 2014. And so they are definitely safe for use. They have been relieving the pain of many patients across the years. One robot that actually caught my attention was actually one that is currently being 
or currently in place, uh, we can say, working at a, a hypermarket right here in the heart of Sharjah, more specifically at Sharjah's Butina area. And this robot was actually developed by the U.S.-based Purple Cloud company. It can serve meals to the customers on their tables when they make an order at Lulu Hypermarket right here in Sharjah. And so we've seen robots take all types of roles, working in customer service as receptionists, working as chefs. We've talked a lot about Flippy the robot. And last but not least, working as surgeons, firefighters, and robo-cops. Which robot did, we can say, um, did your heart fall in love for? I would personally think it would be the chef robot because I think my heart lies in my stomach. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people would agree with you on that, Omnia. For me, I didn't. Uh, I don't like to pick and choose when it comes to robots. I believe all robots deserve love. You're like a dad when when they ask him or him or her when they ask a dad, you know, which which one is your favorite kid, and they say all of them. I love them equally. So you love all the robots equally. And now it's time to ask the listeners. 4215, ladies and gentlemen, let us know which robot is your favorite. We are taking a short break, and when we come back, we're talking all about Google. Pulse95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Pulse95. What's your, what's your carbon footprint? Do you know? 45. I, exactly. I knew you were going to say that. Hanyu, I'll... All you'll probably know is your foot size. That's it. Carbon footprint, Allah badam. You know, uh, me as a person, I don't think I uh, I use a lot of carbon footprinting. You're actually pretty good when it comes to the environment. You walk to the gym. I walk to the gym. Probably uh, because of petrol prices. <laughs> I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot of factors, but like me as a person, I don't yeah. really, uh, you know, I don't move a lot with my car unless I have to. Mm. You know, and all of that being, uh, you know, coming to work because it's uh, amazingly hot. True. And there are different ways for us to be more sustainable towards our beloved Mother Earth. One of them could be taking uh, the car less, maybe carpooling when we're heading to f- with friends to the same location, using recyclable bags, which is now becoming um, officially a new rule that we need to follow right here in the UAE. But Google is also doing its part to help us be more sustainable. They have made Earth Engine Imaging public as they are preparing to unveil the Carbon Footprint tool. So Carbon Footprint for Google Workspace will actually be made available in the year 2023, and it's going to help all of us as users measure, report, and reduce emissions on Google services. So this is going to be a great way for you to track how much carbon are are you contributing to the environment uh, or producing in the environment on a day-to-day basis yes and again we're looking at you know google earth being google earth was here before google maps yes and uh, i remember back in 2004 2005 my dad he downloaded google earth and we used to look at places all (laughs) over the world and you know it did back in 2004 in the early 2000s it gave us an eye to the other to other different parts yeah. of the world you took me down memory lane now yeah. i'm remembering because i, also I remember i used to look at trying to find palestine yes. you know, it was good <laughs> times but again ladies and gentlemen you know uh, if you want to reduce your carbon footprint you can do it now as google is making the earth engine imaging public and again it is going to unveil this carbon footprint tool as well and uh, again we should always keep google earth in mind as google earth was one of the I quote, founding fathers of Google Maps. <laughs> 4215, ladies and gentlemen, let's know your guys' thoughts. We are jumping to the sports news. And when we come back, we're talking all about false cancer treatment ads on Facebook and how it's costing people thousands of dollars. We're going to be telling you guys on how to save yourself your money. Check this out. Check this out. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking all about how a false cancer treatment advertisement on Facebook is costing people thousands and thousands of dollars. Now, we are going back in time when it does come to these home remedies or false cancer treatments. And um, before the pandemic, Omni and I used to talk about how a lot of, unfortunately, <laughs> mothers yes. uh, used to see these home remedies on how to cure asthma. And presidents. Remember President Donald Trump and yeah, the Clorox and dilemma? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, we, And then you had, you know, the healing gems, the healing rocks and... Uh, again, we have fallen into that loop one more time while Facebook's advertising benefits uh, are, again, they do help, uh, you know, small and big and medium-sized businesses, but it also acts as a breeding ground for fraudulent adverts that steal money from customers. Now, advertisements on websites and inside apps are often dishonest and misleading. Now, despite their drawbacks, we do know they are prevalent on platforms with millions of users. And Facebook, as we know, is one of the best and most successful methods to drive traffic to a company's website and earn income. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about how a, a certain scam right now, a fraudulent website, a fraudulent scam, is stealing money on a healing cancer, curing cancer type of, uh, I can say, a fad. Yes, indeed. And this has definitely been one of the most heartbreaking stories that one could possibly hear hear of because especially people who struggle or suffer from rare forms of cancer they are looking for any glimmer of hope whether it is an ad they find on Facebook uh, a recommendation they get by a friend to visit some type of functional medicine healer or whatever it is whatever the way is they want to see a way out of the disease that they're currently in and sadly a lot of companies and a lot of scammers make the most out of the fear of many and so what they've been doing is go ahead and spread fraudulent advertisement to go ahead and steal money from customers and MIT technical review has actually been identifying some troubling advertising despite Facebook's stringent regulations we've seen Facebook kind of tighten the guidelines over the past few months they want to fight misinformation because misinformation spread on the platform is not to their benefit since now the EU is also tightening the guidelines for different social media platforms and so what we've been seeing is that a lot of the times Meta's algorithms uh, have determined that if you're interested in, let's say, cancer treatment, if you tend to f search for different types of cancer treatments, you're more likely to find your feed loaded with different claims that can't be trusted about the condition and what the supposed cures are. And this is what's sad is the fact that Meta is the one even recommending them to you. So. Several advertisements in the Meta collection have been making reference to breakthrough or cutting-edge treatments that are exclusively offered at Mexico's hospital. And another way to basically go ahead and say it is that, according to many cancer treatment experts, there is a simple reason why these medicines aren't widely available in other nations. It's because they don't truly work. And just because you see the word cutting-edge or one-of-a-kind or breakthrough does not make it 100% accurate. Yes, and again, we are seeing how, you know, the loop has been going on and unfortunately a lot of people are losing money and it could even harm you guys because unfortunately some uh, people, uh, when they see this miracle, miracle cure online, they stop using chemotherapy, they stop using sure. other things that will help you. And again, I hope God, uh, you know, blesses all of you and takes away all people who have this horrible, horrible sickness that is called cancer. 
And inshallah, Allah bishfikum kulkum and, you know, Allah yabid ankum, which means, uh, you know, hopefully God pushes all of these, you know, sicknesses away. But again, we always need to listen to the professionals, right? And there's always something, it's called the rule of thumb. Mm. And if it's too good to be true, then it's not. And we go to a hospital, why? Because these are the professionals. Yes, maybe one doctor knows more than another, but at the end of the day, you're going to a hospital, an institution that is qualified, verified, and backed by the government. And they can be held liable. Yes, backed by the government, and they will always get you the help you need. And again, there is no miracle cure. When it comes to these things, you go to the hospital, you go and do the systematic way of getting cured. Inshallah, we get cured. And right now, we know that the cure to cancer, not the cure, something that helps cancer is chemotherapy, the treatment, right? And if there was a cure, I'm 100% sure it's not going to be advertised on Facebook. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) 4215, let us know your guys' thoughts. We are taking a short break and we got more news coming for you when we come back. Check this out. Check this out. I love when we talk about our friends, the robot. They are regular regulars right here on the show and today we're talking about uh, another regular on the show it's Elon Musk but this time it's not with Twitter drama it's with robot drama because Elon Musk came out and said that epic Tesla robot robot Optimus will be unveiled at an AI event very very soon and what's exciting about this is that this robot robot Optimus could be a bigger business than even electric cars that's a big statement to have been made by someone who owns Tesla, one of the biggest electric car companies. You know what one of my favorite sayings was when I was a kid? What was it? Hold your horses. <laughs> right? Hold your horses, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we need to talk about Elon Musk and how he's going a little bit cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. All right? And oh, listen, Cocoa Puffs now. <laughs> I like Elon Musk. I like what he's doing to the car industry. But there's something in the fact of the matter and the elephant in the room that we need to address when it does come to Elon Musk and Tesla and all his other adventures and shenanigans, right? Elon Musk needs to calm down. Elon Musk needs to focus on one thing and one thing only. And right Man, now, if Elon Musk sneeze, sneezes, it becomes news. <laughs> I understand that. But I mean, at the same time, it's Elon Musk always trying to make headlines and mm-hmm. Elon Musk always trying to get all the good PR and bad PR that he can get his hands on. Now, when we talk about this epic Tesla robot that goes by the name of Optimus and how it will be unveiled at an AI event, I like it. Okay, robots are great. But 100% right now, there's a lot of things going on with Elon Musk, and there's a lot of claims being held against Elon Musk. And there's a lot of bad PR coming to him. Now, you know the saying, all all PR is good PR. But at the end of the day, right, Tesla employees are complaining about Elon Musk. SpaceX employees are complaining about Twitter Elon Musk. Employees. Twitter employees who have not even been <laughs> employed by Elon Musk are complaining about Elon Musk. So instead of Elon Musk, every time something happens, he decides, oh, you know what? I'll put uh, Hanny as CEO <laughs> and I'm going to open a new company. And as soon as I get backfire for it, I'm going to put another person as CEO. And that is what Jeff Bezos has done with Amazon. Now, Amazon, when they were coming under fire because of their harsh labor laws and their mm-hmm. harsh labor hours, all of a sudden, Jeff Bezos says, you know what, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go do philanthropy. Philanthropy <laughs> is my thing. I don't want to do my baby that I've been doing in the garage since 1996. Uh, right. And I'm going to put Omni as a CEO. So, ladies and gentlemen, there is a loop and there is a dilemma that's going on with these multi-billionaires. 
and running away from their problems. Now, I did go off topic and I did go on a very long tangent about this Tesla AI day and it will be pushed and it is pushed until mm -hmm. September 30th. And we may, we may see, you know, this Optimus prototype working by then. And uh, Mr. Elon Musk obviously has taken it to Twitter to let us all know what his plans are. But uh, yeah, I mean, he does claim that this will be a robot that will carry out everyday tasks. Yes, indeed. What's funny is that AI Day actually takes place in August. And of course, if Elon Musk wants something, Elon Musk gets that thing. So he has ordered to create a Tesla AI Day rather than just having one AI Day that the whole world celebrates artificial intelligence in. And he wants to do it on the 30th of September because he hopes that the Optimus prototype would, we, would be working by then. My only fear is that he's going to rush the production have it, you know, be commercialized. And then we start seeing some of the same issues that we've been seeing with Tesla's uh, self-driving strategy. Mm -hmm. Now, how does this bot work? That's a big question that a lot of been, people have been having. And in the grand scheme of things, it's a general purpose robot. So it's capable of doing pretty much anything, any of your daily job. Um, it's 173 centimeters in height, and it's going to be capable of navigating the world by using numerous cameras, different sensors, and a self-piloting software, which has me a little bit worried. Now, Elon Musk claims that it will be capable of carrying out everyday tasks like shopping in a supermarket, but early iterations of the bot will be most likely used for factory-based applications. He also actually mentioned last year that the Optimus robot would be the most important product that the whole world might have developed in the year 2022. Because especially in the future, he believes physical work will be a choice. If you want to do it, you can, but you will not need to do it. And that was what he stated at the 2021 Tesla AI Day. Will that be a reality? Will physical work truly become an option? You could choose to come to work today, Hanny, or you could choose to send Optimus the robot instead of you. <laughs> nah, I like, I do my work with passion. I do my work with love. And that is why we're going to leave you with the song of my love by Westlife. But ladies and gentlemen, before we jump into that song, I hope you guys had a great time listening to us. 4215, let us know your guys' thoughts on this story. But yes, um, you know, when it does come to robots and AI, it's a very big and complex world. But I think Elon Musk should stay in his lane. Mm. 4215, let us know your guys' thoughts. But this does bring Future Talk to an end. We'll see you guys tomorrow, same time, same place, only here on Pulse. 95.